It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hey, friends, this is Andy. This episode of Accelerate is brought to you by KiteDesk. KiteDesk is the all-in-one sales development platform that lets you manage all of your sales development activities, such as email, direct dial phone calls, and your daily to-dos, all in one place to open up conversations, book more qualified meetings, and really create a predictable pipeline. KiteDesk Flow and KiteDesk Find allows us to find exactly the right people in the industries we're looking for, in the roles that we're looking for. That's KiteDesk customer Michael Orfis. Michael is head of sales at Stratified. In addition to the all-in-one management of his sales development team's days, KiteDesk helps him with another big part of his job. We have the ability with KiteDesk to do what we call targeted campaigns. Our conversion rate from what we were doing in the past to what we're doing now has been really massive. So you don't have to take tons of time to research, prospect, then blast large lists of people that never turn into sales opportunities. We're seeing higher clicks, we're seeing higher open rates, and Without question, we've seen a massive increase in pipeline generation. So, to learn more about KiteDesk, schedule a free demo, and learn how to create predictable pipeline at your sales organization, go to kitedesk.com forward slash accelerate. That's K-I-T-E-D-E-S-K dot com slash accelerate. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me today is Jeremy Reeves. He's the CEO of Kaizen Marketing and host of a sales podcast or a pop marketing sales podcast called Sales Funnel Mastery. Jeremy, welcome to Accelerate. Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. So take a minute, introduce yourself, and maybe tell us how you got your start in sales and in business and marketing. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I uh, have sold a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I basically do it uh, maybe a little bit different than most people. I sell um, only with words, right? So, I mean, I, you know, I sell new clients on the phone, that kind of thing. Um, but my primarily, you know, I'm, I'm what you call a sales copywriter, mm-hmm. right? So uh, essentially, you know, um, instead of selling someone over the phone or in person where you actually get to communicate with them one-on-one, you can ask them questions and, um, you know, which I'm sure most people here know is is the best way to you know make a sale um, is by asking questions and then responding to their questions with um, you know with basically a pitch. Um, I do that uh, through words, right? I do it through uh, like on websites and through emails and through webinars and through um, things like that where uh, we kind of have to anticipate the questions that they might have, anticipate the objections uh, that they have, and and overcome them um, without being able to talk to them. So it's a, uh, you know, quite a challenge as you as you might imagine. Um, <laughs> but I've been doing it since 2008, and uh, and since then have uh, have helped my clients generate uh, roughly 50 million dollars in in results, um, in in all kinds of different industries. Uh, you know, everything from, you know, selling physical products. Uh, like right now, I'm working with a, a company and they have this, um, this beauty mask that you put over your face. Um, so everything from things like that, I'm sure I could use that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, everybody could actually works really, really well. Um, so uh, you've tried it. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, are, Are you more beautiful as a result? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, it's actually funny. I uh, I had this huge cut on my nose 
right, right at right at like the the kind of crown of my nose, um, because I was standing up and I stood up into the corner of like a shelf and it just ripped all the skin <laughs> off my nose. Uh, it, it looked it looked beautiful for a couple weeks, uh, <laughs> but um, so I had this like really red. It it it, it, it like stayed really red when the scar went away. Uh, for a couple of weeks and I actually wore this thing twice and it went away in like three days. It was crazy. Huh. Um, and, and now it's, you know, it's like you have to really look at it to see if it's like red or not. Um, right. I actually, have, I haven't used it in like two weeks, but, um, but yeah, so everything from that, I mean, you know, we've sold a, a whole bunch of stuff in the health industry, supplements and weight loss programs, um, a lot of high ticket items, uh, mostly through webinars. It's typically the best way to, to do those. Um, everything so high ticket, like, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, everybody kind of thinks different numbers with that, but I, I typically go anything from like $500 plus, you know? So if you're selling like a product, like an information product or some type of you know, physical product, uh, 500 bucks plus, if you're selling a service, um, a lot of times they can go up into the, you know, tens of thousands, you know, and they typically start with some type of strategy session or consultation or discovery call, you know, uh, which is essentially the same thing, just different verbiage. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're typically the best way to, you know, to, to, you know, maximize your sales from those. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, I mean, God, I, so many different industries, it's, it's hard to even imagine. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about something a little more complex than this is, so the complex B2B sale, mm -hmm. you know, you've, you've described a lot of things that are sort of, um, transactional, let's say, but, mm -hmm. but, you know, increasingly, obviously, you know, with the power and the impact of the internet and so on is, is there's this vision I know that some people have that, gosh, we can, we're going to be able to get rid of a lot of salespeople because we're going to be able to use, you know, advancements in technology and, mm -hmm. you know, copywriting and so on too, because, you know, people are out searching for this information these days, as opposed to waiting for salespeople to call on them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, people turning to really effective copy to sort of supplant the old face-to-face -face selling funnel with something that's that's more virtual? Sure, that's a good question. And um, and I'm actually a huge, huge fan of, um, you know, as much as I love automation, and that's, you know, kind of what I talk about on a daily basis, um, I'm actually a huge fan of adding pe salespeople back into the mix, Right. So um, one of the things that I tell my clients to do is uh, so, you know, with <clears throat> with online sales funnels, um, you know, we love to automate things. Right. And, and depending on the price point, you can just sell it on, you know, like through, you know, if it's a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks even. Or, um, you know, if it's an information product up to up to even like two thousand mm -hmm. dollars, you can sell it without anybody talking to them. Um, but the thing that I think a lot of people miss is. They say, like, even if it's just say 500 bucks, right? You can definitely sell something, you know, uh, fairly easily for 500 bucks without anybody talking to them. But is are you maximizing the sales? That's what a lot of people miss. And it's like, oh, I'm going to automate this, and I don't want to hire salespeople and, and that kind of thing. But it's like, well, look, if you, you know, you can sell the people because in any market, there's going to be a percentage of the audience that they're just going to buy. Like, if you give them the right pitch, it's the right timing, um, you have the right offer, you're going to sell them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but, and then there's also people that just are never going to buy. They're just going to, they just want free information. They're just never going to buy. Um, and, and then there's the middle category, like think of these people as like on the fence, right? Um, they may or may not be able to be pushed over, right? Some of them will eventually buy a lot of people need 
just that little bit extra. And what I tell a lot of people is, you know, sell as much as you can without uh, having anybody that talks to them personally. But if you add a salesperson and you get people to if you like and you call uh, the, you know, some of the people that haven't bought and you can overcome their objections on the phone, you know, you're going to make a lot more sales. I actually have one, uh, I have one client who they did basically, it was like a two-step lead generation process. So, um, they sold things for getting, um, kind of like a legal zoom type of type of deal, mm-hmm, but they're, they're mm-hmm. one of their competitors. So, you know, people came and they said, okay, I want to, I want to start uh, whatever an LLC or an S corp or whatever, um, some, some type of, um, entity. Right. And my clients, um, did that for them. You're right. And so people would come and they would, it was like, you know, step one. And it was like, you know, first name, last name, uh, email address and what type of entity you want to form. And then step two was they had to like fill out the name of the entity, their address, all that kind of stuff, and then go through the process. So what they did, uh, was they added, um, you know, people that basically did step one, but didn't do step two, they had a salesman call them they increase their overall leads by 50% by doing that. Right. Um, <laughs> which so is so like, you know, increased it's qualified opportunities by 50%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. Um, so it's, um, you know, I, I like to use kind of the automated, you know, the, the really good sales copy coming up with, uh, the right positioning for the offer, um, all that kind of stuff, everything that I do, all the copywriting, um, selling them as much as we can, uh, on print. But I like to, when it's, when it's applicable, I like to mix that with actually having a sale, you know what I mean? And, if you're selling something where you have to, um, you know, if people have a lot of questions about it, if it's not like, Hey, here's what you get, you know, and it's X amount of dollars. If there's something where people have questions, uh, you know, any kind of service really Mm -hmm. where you get on the phone, I mean, people have to know how to sell because it makes a difference. I mean, you know, what I do in, in that case is I can pre-sell them really, really well. I can get them to like 80% of the way, you know, 85, 90% of the way. But they still need those specifics so that you can show them how everything applies to them. You know, how you can, how, what you're going to be able to help them with is going to solve their specific problem and well, help, give help them achieve the outcome. So I think that's yeah. really what's, what's missing, right? At that point. Yep. yep, exactly. You know, and, um, and, you know, and what I do in a lot of cases can get them almost all the way there. But like, if you're, you know, figure if you're selling a $10,000 product, it's kind of hard to sell that without actually talking to somebody like you're not going to get somebody that goes on your website and, and, and makes a $10,000 purchase, you know, without ever talking to somebody, you know what I mean? Um, you can get them most of the way there, you know, uh, you can do a productized service where you even tell them the price, Mm -hmm. but in most cases, it's going to be really hard to sell that person without actually speaking to them on the phone, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like to mix it. (laughs) So, so you, your podcast called Sales Funnel Mastery uh-huh. is, is, which, you know, talks more specifically about online sales funnels, but, yep. you know, is the sales funnel in general, whether online or, or uh, face-to-face selling, is it becoming obsolete? Or at least as we know it today, is it sort of becoming obsolete? Yeah, I think as we know it. Um, and not that it's becoming obsolete, I wouldn't say. I think that's a little bit too I don't know, harsh, I guess. Um, but it's, it's definitely becoming less, um, less impactful, I guess we could say, you know, so, um, I have clients that have a very simple, just, you know, Hey, you opt in, you, you know, get a free report or something. We sell you on the product and it works, you know, so it does still work. It doesn't work as well as it used to. Right. 
Um, and, and again, there's no, you know, and, and I'm we say it doesn't work as well as it used to. We're, we're referring to, let's say, in the online senses. Yeah, yeah. So somebody opts into your list, they're going to get hit with five or six emails over the period of time that take them mm-hmm. through the funnel. And what you're saying is that that's really becoming more compressed in many cases. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it still works, um, but definitely not like it used to, you know, when, when sales funnels became a big thing, um, you know, two, three years ago, things like that. I mean, it was just, you know, you just sent people to a page, got them on a list and they just bought, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like anything, you know, uh, uh kind of a strategy comes out and it works phenomenally well when it first comes out and <laughs> then people you know, abuse it. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, right. it's, it's kind of the same thing with, uh, you know, if, if you're into like weightlifting, you know, you start, say you're, you know, you're bench pressing, whatever, 200 pounds, you know, at first you're getting really, really good results because you're pushing your muscles, you're pushing your body and you get stronger. And then all of a sudden it's not a challenge for your body anymore. And you, you know, you're not getting as good results. So you have to add something you, in that case, you have to add more weight. Um, in, in the case with sales funnels, really what I'm seeing is that you have to add more, uh, relevancy. You know, you have to add more segmentation to be able to talk, um, to your audience in a more specific way. So, uh, for example, let's say that, you know, you're selling something that has to do with health, right? So you can very easily segment your audience and into men or women, you know, in, in a B2B sense, maybe it's, you segment them based on, you know, the, the problem that they're having, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so maybe some people it's productivity, other people it's a lack of sales or, you know, something like that. I mean, you know, the, uh, the segments would be different for everyone listening to this. Um, but, but if you can. That's kind of what I'm seeing is being able to segment people based on, you know, the, the, the problem that they're having or the type of person they are, something like that. Um, because then you're still doing the automation. You're still uh, doing, you know, everything that uh, works really well with the sales funnel is, you know, having the right timing, being able to stay top of mind, um, being able to build a relationship with them and all the other things that sales funnels really help you with. Right. That that can't be done just by having someone look at your website once. Um, but you're able to take that to another level because you can talk to them more specifically because if I have two people, if I have, if I have a service and it fixes, let's just say, you know, and this is kind of just a made up service, but let's just say it fixes the productivity side and the sales side, right? Um, I can talk to people way more specifically about the problems that they're having and and how my solution is going to help them solve that problem, right? And give them the outcome that they want. If I'm talking to them specifically about like if they're only dealing with the productivity side of things and not the sales or vice versa, uh, you, you can you can really segment and, and hone in on the, you know, the frustrations and the desires uh, that you're that you're market is having. And then, and then, you know, and then comes in the, the good copywriting to be able to really hit those pain points and talk to them in an emotional, engaging way and, um, everything else, you know? Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the big things what I'm seeing is specialized funnels basically. So, yeah, you, have, exactly. yeah. so you have multiple yeah. funnels where you might've had one before. Yeah. So, um, so a couple of things. One is, is I, I just finished reading last week, this really interesting book called Absolute Value, and sometimes okay. what really influences customers in the age of nearly perfect information. And written by a couple, uh, at least one guy's professor at Stanford, and and uh, these guys are heirs to Daniel Kahneman, Amit Sversky, in terms of decision making. And what they're saying is that you know, we're in this world now where you know people have access to nearly perfect information that that 
where instead of being overwhelmed or the sort of the general thought among marketers and salespeople in general is, well, gosh, customers are just inundated with information. They're overwhelmed. They have a hard time making decisions. What these guys have found through their research is really it's 180 degrees opposite. Mm-hmm. That actually all this information, given the fact we have all these tools that enable them to sort through the information, whether it's you know starting at the top with Google and then working down into you know discussion groups or chat groups or review product reviews on Amazon, so on social media and so on, is that people are actually able to be they're actually buyers are very adept at sorting through all this information and understanding what they call the absolute value, which is really sort of the the utility, if you will, of what the experience is going to be using this product in a way that they've never been before. And so one of their results of their study they find is that, you know, sort of traditional tools of influence, i.e. in some cases, you know, sales funnels could be copywriting, could mm. be offers, brand names, so on, really have lost a lot of influence in the, the purchase, the purchasing process these days. Mm-hmm. I found that sort of fascinating. So, so that's why I sort of motivated this question about the sales funnel being sort of not necessarily becoming obsolete, and maybe that was too harsh of a term, as you said, but is how is that really going to change now where we sort of had this trope we talk about as customers are in control, but they're mm-hmm. finding through their decision, through their research, is that, yeah, they really are in control, in, mm-hmm. but in a way that makes it almost seem like what is the real value of 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 you know sellers in this environment yeah and you know um uh, and that's actually something an interesting book i should read it um one of the things that i've really seen a huge trend in in you know because they they are right like you know they have access to so much information and you know a lot of people are saying the same things you know um you know you can buy uh, let's just say it's an information product you you can buy 10 different things around the same topic Mm -hmm. and 90% 90% of it is going to be saying the same thing. And then everybody has their own little twist on it. You know, um, one of the things that I've really seen in the last, this is really over the last, I would say one to two years is, is building the relationship. You know what I mean? Um, building, being, yeah, engagement, you know, being able to bond with your audience and really selling you. You know, as so like they people don't want to buy from faceless companies anymore. They want to buy from people with personalities and, you know, that are going through their own struggles. Um, I even know from my own podcast when I one of the, I think one of the and I've, I've actually thought about writing a book on this. It's it's so powerful. Um, one of the biggest and most influential things I've seen in my life is being vulnerable. Right. Uh, so I have. um I have, you know, I have, I have autoresponders and, you know, they go out to the customers and all that kind of thing. And I noticed that in probably, I would say at least 70% of the cases where people are writing back to me and saying, oh my God, that was so amazing. Or, you know, you helped me, it was valuable or, or whatever. Um, in probably at least 70% of the cases, it was a story about me being vulnerable in some way. And then, uh, transitioning into a lesson for them, right? So for one example is, uh, my wife has epilepsy. So she, and she has, she has grand malls and, uh, which means basically she loses consciousness. Okay. Um, so when she was pregnant with our first child, uh, Connor, he's five now, uh, I was, I was in our kitchen in, in, in one of our old houses and I heard her yell and, you know, I've, I've been with her since, uh, let's see, it's been 12 years now. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I've, I've witnessed her having, um, I don't know, probably, probably around maybe eight, 
uh, seizures or so. She has them like, you know, every six months to a year or so. <clears throat> and, um, so I heard her kind of like say my name and it was just in the, you know, like sometimes you just know, sure. you know, you, you, sure. it's just like that gut sense. So I was in the kitchen. Uh, I think I was making dinner. I was doing something in there and I heard her and I'm like, Oh, and I just, I just, just like no thought. I just started sprinting towards the steps. Cause I could tell it was coming from the top of the steps. Um, so no thought just started sprinting towards the top of the steps. I got halfway up the steps and she fell down on her, on her knees and started falling down the steps. Now, keep in mind, she's eight months pregnant at this point. <laughs> so you can imagine you know, <laughs> uh, how scary that was. So yes, I actually, yes. I, I caught her on the steps, right? Um, and, you know, it, I think it was one of those like super Superman moments. Right. Uh, because normally, you know, I, I think very few people would be able to catch somebody, you know, a full, you know, full weighted person. I mean, she's she's small. She's, uh, you know, she's she's a small, you know, woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, still, pregnant, I mean, it was, right. Yeah, she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, and she was falling down the steps, you know, and so you can't really get much like power in your legs, really. Uh, and, and so that happened. So I have a story in there talking about that. And then I then I transitioned it into into a marketing lesson, uh, you know, for for my audience. And I forget what the marketing lesson even was, but I would say like. I would I would say of all the emails that people reply to, that one probably gets at least four times the amount of replies um, of any other email, you know, and it's like every time I'm actually like almost hearing up, um, even saying that story, it's, it's a very emotional story for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, uh, and like in the email, it just, you know, the emotion pours out of it. And so I have, uh, I have a whole bunch of those uh, different stories and I have, I have kind of a theory, I, I need to put a name on it, but I have a theory that, you know, when people, um, join your list, you know, think of, think of why you have, think of your friends, right? Think of your friends, uh, that you really like could be, you know, business associates, colleagues, um, actual friends, like in your, uh, you know, quote unquote real life, uh, like, you know, in your local area, whatever. Um, there's one of the reasons that people have friends, right. And are attracted to one another, uh, is because they relate to them in some way, mm -hmm. right? You, you have similar interests, you have similar hobbies, whatever you like to do, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so I actually infuse that into my copy, into the stories that we tell. So I have a bunch of, uh, let's just call them trigger points of things that I want people to, I want to attract uh, other, you know, my, my audience that relates to me. So one of them is my wife, that she has epilepsy. Uh, another one is, uh, my, my father passed away from cancer. So anybody who's dealt with that, uh, you know, if I tell stories about, you know, the, the struggle that I went through with my, my father having cancer and, and then passing away from it, anybody who's dealt with that or knows anybody with it is going to instantly bond with me. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I have a whole bunch of those, you know, the, I like the Philadelphia Eagles. I like to work out. Um, I like, uh, Sorry about you know, that Eagle connection. No, oh, I know. Oh my God. You got a lot of people. That's really invulnerable right there. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, yeah, and, and I also get emails on that too. Oh, I hate the Eagles. I love, you know, whoever Cowboys usually, you know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, but you know, I have a whole bunch of things like that and it's just, it's about creating that engagement with the audience, you know? And, and so, you know, that, that's a really big tip is like, if you're writing emails, you get people on your list. It's not, it's not just about what you sell or the problem that you solve. That's a huge part of it, obviously. But people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. right? um, so even as salesmen, if you're calling somebody, you know, if it's, if it's worth the time to do this, you know, research them. 
look up, you know, most people you can, you can look up their Facebook page and know, you know, at least the, you know, the, the cliff notes of their life story in like 30 seconds, you know? So look up, look them up on Facebook. If they're not set to private, you can just look down, see if they have kids, see if they, you know, what hobbies they like and blah, blah, blah. And then you know how you can quickly relate to them, you know, and, and don't do it in a creepy way, obviously. But, um, if you can, at least if you can do it in a way that's very, uh, genuine, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of just, Natural, I guess, is a good way to say it. Um, it's, I mean, it it just creates <clears throat> it creates a connection that you can't, you know, uh, that you can't build without, you know, being able to do that. And and people, you know, like I said, they buy from other people that they know, like, and trust. If they don't trust you, there's no way they're going to buy from you. So if you can create that bond and that engagement relationship, whether it's through your emails or through, uh, you know, on a phone call or whatever it is. Um, you know, if, if you're selling face to face, you know, look, look around, see what pictures they have in their office. I'm sure a lot of people already know this, you know, see what pictures. Oh yeah. Hey, I see your son's in baseball. Mine is too. Yeah. I mean, it, it's instant bond. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, it just helps, you know, and I think that's kind of, that, that's a huge trend that I see is, is building a connection and a relationship with your audience. Well, I think that's one of the things that, that, and I agree with you. I think this is, yeah, we go through, we're going through you know, trends of disruption, if you will, or mm-hmm. waves of disruption that happen in terms of how we how we engage with customers or how we, well, I'm going to use engage too often here. But, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and what we're seeing and what I'm hearing, you know, because, again, I interview guests six days a week. We, and one of the common themes is, yeah, we're starting to see now sort of the downside of some of this automation is that, at the end of the day, yeah, we we can automate our processes. What's missing is this level of engagement mm-hmm. with our prospects, mm-hmm. and I think that is something that's yeah. You clear away sort of all the smoke and, and mirrors about automation is that's really what's left. Mm-hmm. And and you've talked about it in a very uh, relatable way. And I think it's uh, and I think relatability is really the word that you were looking for. Is yeah. Yeah. is how do we engage? Is well, how do we make ourselves relatable to our audiences. And I use that in a plural sense because there are multiple audiences and you have to have multiple stories. Mm-hmm. And so often you see people sort of try to just do one story and one story is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, one of my products that I'm coming out with in the future, I haven't even started yet, but it's, um, I've, I've actually been getting a lot of people asking me, um, which is a good sign when you're, when you're, uh, you know, when you, when your uh, people on your email list are actually asking you to build something to sell them, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I get people all the time saying, Hey, Oh my God, I can't like, I, I literally wake up in the morning and can't wait to read my email so that I can see what you're going to tell me today. You know? Um, and I get that all the time and it's, it's because I use stories to add value, you know, and I think, I think that's a really good way of saying it, um, is using stories to add value to their lives because you don't just want to tell stories. You don't just want to give good information. You don't just want to talk to them about their problems and the, and the solution that you have. You want to kind of combine all those, you know, you have to uh, kind of infuse uh, your stories with value. <clears throat> one, one of the easy ways of doing that is just simply you have a story um, that transitions into value, which transitions into your product. So um, let me try to do one right off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, I'm just going to look around my room and see what um, what I have here. So all right, well, I have plants, right? And uh, there's some there's some <clears throat> there's some uh, 
it's a little bit yellow, right? So you could say, Hey, you know, I was, I was just looking over, uh, and by the way, you know, I'm, I'm literally coming up this off the top of my head, so it's not going to be polished. <laughs> yeah. So please, um, uh, on the cards and letters, let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's not grade them too harshly. Yeah. Um, so you can say, Hey, you know, I was, I came down to my office this morning and I noticed that one of, you know, I have plants kind of in my, uh, in my office. And I noticed that, um, you know, one of my plants, um, I actually have a money tree in, uh, if people know what that is. Um, I have, a, I have a money tree in the corner of my office and I noticed that some of the leaves, uh, overnight had fallen off and died. And, you know, after cleaning them up, uh, I, I got to thinking that, Hey, you know what? Sometimes that happens in your business. And sometimes, uh, you know, and then this is kind of the transition sure. into the lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> no, it's very uh, good. And you can say, you know, um, sometimes, you know, in business, things, you know, quote unquote, fall off and die. You know, things that they used to work, but if you reanalyze them, you realize that you're wasting a lot of time. You're wasting a lot of energy on things that are already dead on the floor and not providing any more value to your business. You know, and uh, and then so that's kind of like the lesson and you can expand on it a little more. Uh, and then you go into the transition into whatever it is that you sell. And in this case, uh, you know, maybe it's a productivity course, you know, and, and you can say, look, and, and that's one of the things that I cover. I cover it in module whatever six uh, of the course is is looking at your business, um, you know, looking at uh, whether it's, uh, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis, whether it's looking at certain segments of your market and realizing that you're putting a lot of time and energy into serving that part of the market, but it's actually not really contributing to your bottom line. Whereas, uh, you might have like, you know, basically you're focusing on the, you know, the, the dead pieces on the ground when you still have a whole plant that's growing and thriving, but rather than focusing on what's healthy and helping you grow, you're focusing on what's dead and old and, you know, waste on the floor that you should be throwing away. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you can see kind of the, the, sure progression of that. You know, you, you tell the story, tells a little bit about you. People can kind of get an image of, of what's happening in your, um, in your office, you transition into the lesson. So it adds value to their life, you know, so that, so you're not just pitching them in every email. And then you also transition that into whatever it is that you're selling, you know, and it's, it's such a good way. Like if you do that, it's such an easy way to do everything that we've talked about. You know, you increase your sales because, you know, all the, all the various reasons, you know, you're, you're kind of pre-selling them on the product and you, you're telling them, first of all, you're, you're telling them that you have the product. A lot of times people don't even know that you have certain products, exactly. you know, um, and you're staying top of mind. You're building that bond, that relationship. I mean, there's, it's, it's such a good way, um, of selling. And, and the big thing is it doesn't burn your list out. And you get people that say, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear your next story of what's going on in your life. You know, and it does take uh, now, you know, I'm a copywriter. This is what I do every day. Right. Um, and but it, you don't the, the other big benefit of this is you don't have to be like a trained copywriter. You know what I mean? Um, that story, you know, as you can say, there's nothing magical about that story. No, I can come up with a story like that. Yeah. And it's just it, it takes some time. Like it's you know, if anybody wants to try this, go ahead and do it and just write like, you know, story. And then, OK, here's the thing. And then just look around your room. Like I literally that's what I just did. I looked around my room. I saw the plant and started telling the story, not even knowing how it was going to transition. <laughs> um, and I love doing that on live shows. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then you just say, OK, well, how does that transition into a lesson? You know, what can mm-hmm. that me about life or about business or about health or whatever it is that you, you know, that whatever industry you're in. 
and then, okay, well, how does that transition into my product or my service or, you know, how, whatever value I'm delivering to the audience. Um, and if you practice that, like in the beginning, it's going to be tough, right? Um, it, it's going to be harder in the beginning, but once you do it a couple times, um, that's how, that's why I can just look at something, you know, um, well, also if you probably, take this, if you take it outside the context of, you know, sending to a list and you're saying, okay, we've got a salesperson in the field that's got, you know, certain accounts they talk to, or they're in, you know, inside salesperson, they certain accounts they talk to. Yeah. They can have a few stories like that, that they can share around mm-hmm. is they can use it multiple times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, you know, if you're a salesman and you're not writing the emails, just think of how to, how to, uh, apply what we just went over into, you know, in-person selling. Cause it's really, I'm just selling via email rather than via, you know, face to face or phone or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, it works, works the same way. The story, <laughs> the value of the story is the same in either respect. I love the transition that you did there. That's a great way. And trying to oftentimes stories, we are, are always sort of told or at least the way people are taught increasingly in sales these days is you know you tell stories about your existing customers and what they're doing and mm-hmm. but if they have stories about themselves and mm-hmm. cuz this whole idea and one of the things that I I certainly teach people when I'm working and write about uh, selling is is this aspect of vulnerability I think is really critical in terms of developing that level of engagement that you're talking about yeah is yeah. is people want to see that mm-hmm. people want to hear that that's how they understand that you're a person as opposed to the robot that uh, visited their office before you, the guy just, you know, just treats them, you know, as a customer in a niche, they put them in a box and they sell them the same way as they sold everybody else. And there's, yeah, there's nothing personal about it. Yep. Yeah. And you know, you know, with the whole vulnerability thing, one of the biggest things that I think, um, like the psychological factors happening there is that especially if you're, you know, salesman, you know, face to face, nobody is comfortable when you're talking to a salesman, you know, let's, let's just be honest. Nobody like what they, they don't wake up and they're like, Oh, I can't wait I can't to wait talk to, to Andy you know, today. Right? I can't wait to be sold today. I mean, nobody wakes up thinking that, you know, um, now you, you know, there are a lot of things you can do to kind of reduce that. But, um, you know, even if you go to uh, a car dealership, you know, that, you know, you know, what's going to happen. You know, that you're going to eventually talk to a salesman, but then like once it actually happens, the, the consumer kind of clams up, you get nervous, you get like, ah, you know, I can't wait till this is over. Oh my God. You know, um, that kind of thing. And what happens is that their, their red flags are up. They're looking for any excuse to not buy. And when you're vulnerable, right. All of that comes down and they're like, oh my God, this guy is like, you know, he's, he's really opening up to me. Like this is a, this is an actual human. This isn't a salesman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that engagement. Yeah, yeah, and it just you know the the defenses that people have, the walls that they put up, right? To to salesmen, whether it's whether it's online or face to face, they just it's such a good way to bring them down, you know. Um, and if you can do it in a way that you're you're being vulnerable, um, and if you could if you could somehow be vulnerable, but it's actually a good thing for selling the product. Um, I don't I don't know if I'll be able to come up with like, a specific example of that. Um, cause I'd probably need a specific product, but you know, if you can do that in a way that, you know, think of like, okay, what can I be vulnerable about? Right. Um, you know, so, say you're selling a car or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, <laughs> my, yeah, sure. We, we can go with a car. Yeah. So I don't know. Say you're selling a car and you know, um, something about like, if you're selling with safety and, uh, what's a, what's a good, uh, I think Volvo is there, are they known for being yeah. Yeah, safe? Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, uh, that and. You could say, um, maybe, you you've know, been, you've been uh, in a car accident. 
Yeah, like maybe your wife was pregnant and you remember, you know, breaking down, like you remember, you can say like something about, you know, I was in the car with my wife and, you know, we were, um, you know, we were driving maybe some other car and, uh, or actually, no, maybe you know, we were driving Volvo because that's what we drive. So that's a good way of saying, hey, I actually use this product. So we were driving a Volvo, somebody hit us. Um, I knew my wife was pregnant. Um, and you know, while she was there, I was like, Oh my God, are you okay? And, uh, you know, I took care of her. And then later that night I went home and I broke down crying because it all, it all hit me later, you know? And, and you could say like, I, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't express my gratitude enough that we were driving a Volvo, you know, that's known for being safe. And I actually looked it up and, um, what happened was that, you know, whatever the, the person, I don't know anything about Volvo's <laughs> they, you know, they hit the, 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 the passenger door and Volvo's have this safety feature. Like, do you see how it transitions into it? You know, um, think about how much more impactful that is telling, like selling the benefits and the features through that story, through that vulnerable story, right? Rather than just saying, oh, well, you know, we have these side airbags and you know, they've heard it a thousand times. They're like, all right, I don't really care. Yeah. And no, well, I think one of the key things there though, too, is, and you brought it up with your story about your wife and the stairs is that, is that we all have stories. Mm-hmm. You, have, you just have to look for the stories. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah I'm not absolutely. a big believer in creating stories that haven't really happened to you because eventually they come across as inauthentic, but yeah. But if you're just observant about your life, we all have them. Mm-hmm. So in regards to what we saw, things have happened to us. We're humans that we can relate, that our customers can relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Jeremy, This we move into the last segment of my show where I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests. Sure. And the first one, to put you to the test a little bit, is a <laughs> hypothetical scenario. Okay. And in this scenario, you've just been hired as the vice president of sales at a company whose sales have stalled out. Time to hit the reset button, get them back on track. So your first week on the job, what two things could you do that would have the biggest impact? Oh, that's easy. Uh, so I would, uh, I would, I would look at the the stats. You know who is buying, and I would say I would, I would uh, kind of segment the buyers into uh, people that were I call them hyper buyers, right? So people that you come out with a new product. You pitch them on a service, whatever, and they just buy, right? They buy it because of you, right? Um, so th- there are people that just, um, whether they just love to buy stuff or it's because they just have such a deep relationship with you, I would, um, first of all, you know, I guess the step one is uh, segment them, find out who they are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who are the who are the hyper buyers? Or um, another way of looking at it is who is your, like what product or service, you know, is, is kind of your hyper product or service, uh, essentially doing like an 80, 20, right. Um, figure out where, you know, 80% of your results are coming from. The next thing is I would call those people on the phone and I would say, I'd have two questions for them. Um, actually, well, actually what I would do is call them on the phone. And, um, so this is kind of like a two part, this is like two, you know, two a and two B sort of. So, uh, again, first one is to segment that to find out, you know, either, uh, who's, spending more money with us or what product or service are they spending more money with us on? Second thing is call them, call the, the hyper buyers and say, Hey, what is it about us that what, you know, why are you so loyal? You know, I love the fact that you are, but what is it about us that really attracts you to us? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is I would call people who didn't buy Right. So call people that they were interested. For some reason they said, no, um, I actually do this myself. Uh, both of these actually, um, and say, hey, what was it about our service? Like, I know you were interested. You needed help with whatever. What caused you to, you know, go to somebody else? 
you know, and call five, 10 people, something like that. Um, you can also do this in surveys, right, online if you don't want to call people. But I would recommend doing both. You know, do a survey to your whole list, but then also call a couple people. You get much, much, much deeper insights when you talk to people on the phone. Um, and I know that because I've done this. I actually did it uh, like a week and a half ago uh, for, for one of my clients. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would do that. And then, uh, so let's just call all that, you know, the the first thing. And then the second thing was I would come out with uh, a new product or service based around what they told me, you know, um, whether that's, uh, you know, wh- whatever it is, or, or do like a promotion and, um, or, you know, it, it's, there's kind of a lot of things you can do sure. here. Like after you know that information, you can, you can come out with a new product or service with new insights you got, you can go back and revise, um, your, your selling approach, whether it's online or offline, uh, you know, on, on your sales pages, in your calling scripts, you know, whatever it is based on, uh, you know, why people did buy and why people didn't buy, you know, um, so you can overcome the objections and put all the selling points in there, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, you can, I mean, there's a lot of different things, um, you can do, you can do more advertising to those exact people, you right. know, so, uh, on Facebook ads, for example, if you find out like, okay, you know, we are, our, our hyper target market is, you know, men that are 50 to, you know, 60 and they're dealing with these specific issues and they tend to live in this type of community. They tend to make this type of money. You know, you can go on Facebook and, you know, say, okay, only send ads to people that are, you know, and then all those criteria. Right. Yeah. And then in the ad, you say, hey, are you dealing with this? Are you dealing with this? Are you dealing with this? You know, and then you'd kind of go into your whole thing. Um, yeah. So that's what I would do. Okay. Good answer. Great answer. All right. So I've got some rapid fire questions that you can give one word answers to or elaborate if you wish. First one is, so when you, Jeremy, when you're selling your services, what's your most powerful sales attribute? Um, you know what? I go after people, you know, one of my best clients are people that know copy. They just don't want to do it. You know? So, so my thing is, look, when I, uh, when you get this back from me, um, yeah, a lot of my clients, they, they know what good copy is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so when they get copy back from me, my main goal is to have as, as minimal edits as possible because I've, I've worked with a lot of lower end copywriters. I'm, I'm a little bit on, more on the higher end scale. Um, I, and I've worked with more, uh, let's just say like newbie copywriters. And I know that, uh, just on like my side projects, I have side businesses and things like that. And um, so, so, you know, test them out to, you know, see um, if I should hire them and things like that. (laughs) Uh, And I know one of my biggest frustrations is getting copy and I still make a whole bunch of edits. So one of my biggest selling points is, look, when you get my copy, like it's basically good to go. You know, there there might be a couple little tweaks you have here or there, um, but it's like 98, 99% good to go. The only things you might have to change are like, you know, if, if there's like a factual thing, because um, sometimes like if, I, if I'm telling their story, there might be one or two things off or whatever. Um, but I really try to nail down like even, I mean, even things like the tone, how they write, mm. you know, before I, um, before I start writing, we'll actually go and read, uh, if they have bl- like a blog or they have even as something as simple as an about me page, I'll actually pick up the tone of their writing and try to model that. So that's similar, you know, um, how, uh, how aggressive or subtle they are in their copy, sure. things like that. So, yeah, so it'd be, um, really it's, you know, obviously it's results that number one. Um, but then the, the second thing is, is like just ease, like when you get it back, it's done. Okay. You know? All right. So who's your sales role model? Um, probably Zig Ziglar. He popped in my head first. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> that works. So yeah. what's one book you'd recommend every salesperson should read? 
I would say um, every salesperson. Let's see. One of the books I always recommend is um, How to Get Everything. Oh, what, what's the what's the book? I might have to look it up. It's it's a Jay Abraham book. I'm gonna look it up right now. How to get everything, every, everything you can out of all you've got. Getting getting everything you can out of all you've got, right? And I think it's actually it's actually pretty uh, you know pretty uh, relevant to salespeople. It's not a sales book. Um, oh, it doesn't need to be a sales book. Yeah, but it, it teaches you to think differently, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that's Jay Jay Abraham is is probably my biggest influence on the way that I think. Um, I was very lucky that when I got started, he was one of the first people that I kind of heard about. So it was like one of those really early influences, and um, it it just got me to think. You you think more strategically rather than thinking transactionally. Right. Uh, you you start to kind of see the whole picture. Um, and I, I think it's very applicable, um, even to, to salesmen. Like I said, it's not a, it's not a technically a sales book. He's not saying, you know, there's 16 ways to close and like that kind of thing. Um, but it's just getting you to think differently and to sell, um, rather than having, you know, a scripted pitch or things like that. It's really just learning how to just re reframe the, the whole conversation. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, that sort of thing. So that's what I would say. All right. Good suggestion. So last question for you then is, is <clears throat> what, what music's on your playlist these days? Music. Let's see. Does it matter what kind? No, whatever. Or you for what to. purpose? Um, yeah. So I listen to country for kind of everyday listening. Uh, my, my wife and I love to, we, we go quadding and, uh, you know, we, we were talking before we started recording. Uh, I live in Wyoming, Pennsylvania. So it's very, it's a very mountainous, mm-hmm. uh, Kind of place, uh, lots of woods. Uh, the town I live in, there's only four thousand people, um, so there, there's a lot of space. Let's say, right. and so so we have a quad. And one of our things that we like to do, um, we have a three, a five year old, and uh, and an, another boy on the way. So we have three boys. Um, so we're we're not doing this now, obviously. But when she's <laughs> you know when, when she's not pregnant, <laughs> we uh, one of the things we like to do is is uh, have uh, one of our parents watch the boys, and uh, and then we go quadding for the day. We go out and you know we we go out and. Um, behind her brother's house and uh, there, there's a whole bunch of quadding trails back there. Right. So, you know, go and take a couple beers and uh, take a cigar or two and, and take some snacks and, uh, you know, hoagies, things like that, and just relax and go out in nature. Um, so, so we're always listening to country. You know, if we, if we have our boys out uh, sure. in our driveway, uh, we're listening to country. And then uh, for my workout songs, I, I will listen mostly to breaking Ben, breaking Benjamin. Um, right. They're actually, uh, they got started. They're actually local band but they like you know they're from this area i think they're from scranton uh pennsylvania and they kind of made it big um it's a little bit more like hard rock type of you know type of music um and then anything anything old i can't stand the music today like what you hear on just you know the like the pop um you know music today you like the classics I, yeah, I like the older stuff. Um, and I'm, a, I'm a younger guy myself. I'm, I'm, I'm only 30 and, uh, but I, I can't stand today's music. It is, <laughs> it's like an abomination to any music that's ever come before. <laughs> I actually, if I'm in the car and, uh, there's nothing good on, on, uh, the country radio, I actually turn the radio off. I can't even listen to it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, Jeremy, thanks for joining me. So tell folks how they can find out more about you. 
Definitely. Yeah. So uh, if you resonate with, you know, what I talked about today, uh, you know, I would say there's two ways of getting in touch. The The first one is uh, listen to my podcast, right? So if, if you like listening to podcasts, uh, then you're probably on your phone right now and just go, uh, you know, whatever player you're listening to, just go in and search uh, sales funnel mastery. And, uh, and I should come up even if you just type in sales funnel, I'm sure I come up. And uh, so that's number one. And you can get on my podcast. I have, I think we're up to, I don't know, it's like 65 episodes, something like that. And, uh, you know, very similar type of, uh, things that we talk about. I do half and half. Uh, I think the first like 30 episodes were just me talking. And now the last 30 is kind of like a mix between me and having guests. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then the second thing is if, if you want to get in touch, uh, my website is jeremyreeves.com. So if you need help, uh, you know, putting together a sales funnel, uh, rewriting some of the copy that you have, things like that. Um, if you sell anything high ticket, um, definitely get in touch about, uh, doing a webinar. That's uh, that's one of the areas that we specialize in selling uh, high ticket items and, uh, you know, everything that we talked about kind of goes into that, you know, so it's uh, it's a very unique process for webinars are a very good way to build a relationship very, very quickly, you know, um, okay. I, you know, people build or sell, you know, $10,000 programs within 24, 48 hours of someone hearing of them. You know what I mean? It's, right. uh, it's kind of amazing. Uh, so yeah, th those are a couple different ways that you can get in touch and I uh, hope you, you know, enjoyed everything that we talked about. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, thanks again, Jeremy. And remember friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, accelerate, that way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Jeremy Reeves, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.